welcome to my monthly podcast titled Becoming a Sage. My name is Jan Freed, but you can call me Dr. Jan. I interview people about wisdom, how to find meaning on a daily basis, a concept I call breadcrumb legacy. I'm passionate about helping people get from where they are to where they want to be, particularly in the second half of life. I do this as a leadership coach, speaker, teacher, workshop facilitator. I also say I'm out to retire the word retirement. We are not retiring from life, but we're moving on to something else. And I believe it takes time and intentional thought to successfully move on to what's next in life. I talk more about living your best life in my latest book that just came out in January, actually, uh, called Breadcrumb Legacy, How Great Leaders Live a Life Worth Remembering. And if you go to my website, which is janfried.com, there's a 20% discount code from the publisher. So just giving you a little tip there. <laughs> I interviewed Allie Schultz. Allie is a coach and the co-founder of Reboot. She weaves her business acumen with the innate wisdom of the body, the philosophies of the world's wisdom traditions, and the way of the horse to help clients find their voice in service of finding themselves. You can find her writing on the art of being human at work, on the Reboot blog, and also on or at the On Being Project. And I also love Krista Tippett too. Allie's background is so interesting. I encourage you to read her full bio that can be found posted below this podcast. I actually discovered Allie through her writing on Reboot. I subscribe to the newsletters. I listen to their podcasts. Now listen to our conversation about wisdom on work and life. Well, welcome to the podcast, Allie. Well, well, hi, Dr. Jan. <laughs> I, I say that one of my, and I mean this seriously, that one of my heroes is Dr. Ruth. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. So I want to be writing and speaking and, and at 94. So, um, well, I'm so honored to be able to, you know, talk with you today. Because as I said, I love what you write. I love what Jerry. So we're going to talk about this. Um, let's start off with, tell us how you and Jerry Colonna got together to create the work that we now know as Reboot. Yeah, so um, that would rewind the clock back to 2013. Um, and I met Jerry uh, here in Boulder, which is where I'm located. And he was doing a talk uh, in town and the company that I was working for at the time had sponsored the talk. So, you know, like we had, you know, tickets to the event or front row seats or something, right, as the marketing sponsor. And um, when I when I was hearing him speak, which was the first time I had, I had heard him, I was like, man, like, I got to work with this guy. Like, this, he's saying all the things that I, I've been saying in the organization that I've been working in. And um, it just, it was a... Uh, it was actually like mutual resonance. So it was, it was kind of cool to, to meet a like mind that, um, you know, was uh, also ready to start working on something uh, like the boot camps at the time. So we, we took that project and, and made it happen in 2013. And then we did a couple boot camps in 2014. And then we started reboot in uh, summer of 2014 with um, two other co-founders at the time. Well, that kind of that's perfect because it kind of leads into my next question that I had is 
talk about the focus of Reboot and all of the different products, services that you offer. I mean, like what is, I know you've talked about boot camps and, you know, what kind of, just describe more of the work that you do because it's really good work. And really, I encourage all of my listeners, you know, subscribe to the newsletters, listen to the podcast because it really is um, such great work, great content. Oh, thank you. It's um, It's been a labor of love since 2014. So I appreciate you saying that. Um, so Reboot is first and foremost a coaching company. And so we work with... Um, uh, primarily like high growth venture backed companies, but um, in reality, like our clients are all, all over the map. You know, it's like from tech to teaching and from climate to crypto and um, I mean, in everything in between, like entertainment industry. So it's not just like VC backed tech companies. It's companies that are VC backed or companies that are bootstrapped. Um, companies that are headed to IPO or companies that are starting out at 10, 10 employees. So we, we really service a full range of um, clients and organization sizes. Um, and part of what we offer um, aside from, or in addition to one-on-one -on -one coaching, um, which we do with, you know, CEOs, the C-suite, um, key players on teams, um, you know, upper level management, we do management trainings as well. Um, you know, we, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a mix, you know, in terms of who we work with. Um, but you know, a lot of CEOs, um, and then once we get in to work with the leaders of organizations, it's easy to kind of bolster that work with, um, like, organization-wide experiences. So we have what we call our team experiences, which um, again, is kind of a wide range of offerings, right? It's um, it's a lot of modules of management training, um, you know, core communication skills, core um, just kind of manager skills. Sure. Sure. Um, we do other, you know, broader scale work within organizations, um, like organizational change management stuff, stuff where like um, there are large changes underway and, you know, we help, uh, you know, the folks who are kind of leading that charge really look at what's there um, in the organization and, um, where they might be heading towards and then how to kind of fill in the gaps, either structurally or skill-wise, or how do you bring cohesion back to the team in a new new format? Um, and what else do we do? It's like my grandma remembering her grandchildren sometimes. And I think <laughs> well, you we, uh, you definitely do a lot. And um, yeah. what I want to ask is, you know, I read Jerry's book and the title Leadership and the Art of Growing Up which is basically another way of saying becoming a sage, in my opinion. So yeah. share some of the main points, not necessarily in the book, but like your content, describe, share some wisdom about work and life. For instance, what one of the things that I love about the newsletter is how you weave in poetry or you'll share personal stories. Um, there's just so much to learn from the content that you share. And often, I know different people write the newsletters, but I resonate the most with your writing. 
So, you know, describe, you know, share just some wisdom about life and work that maybe you've written about lately or some of your favorite things to write about or share with others. Yeah, I would say, um, you know, I, I really approach our content and the newsletters um, and I'll just put in a really big highlight in the margins here that all of our content is written by humans, not AI. Um, but um, yes. you know, I, I would say that it kind of falls under a broad heading of, you know, the art of being human at work. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that involves who, who am I and what is the baggage that I'm bringing in to this situation or my work and my job? Um, and uh, what are like the practical skills that that I could either learn or um, grow towards or or use to just develop myself and my mastery in my work in a, in a deeper way? Um, a lot I think about, um, or a lot of what I I would say I touch on in, in a lot of kind of these pieces and one of the big threads I threads that I kind of weave into our content is what does it take to be relational? Uh -huh. um, you know, I think the amygdala hijack is such a, a understood word, at least in work. Um, or kind of work consultancy or talking about what it's like to be at work kind of um, conversations. But, you know, on an individual level, that means you and your nervous system have certain triggers or certain some things that are going to, you know, come up uh, at certain times in certain situations. And what do you, how do you manage that on your side of the aisle so that you can actually show up a, the way that you would like to show up um, and, and B really understand what those triggers are, what's behind them and, and what needs to be tended to or healed um, in order for, for that part of you to, um, it's not that it goes away, right? But how do you maintain regulation? It's kind sure. of like about nervous system regulation. Right, sure. Um, and then, you know, it's one thing to be able to do that on your own. Um, but once you, once you add more people in the room or around the table, then you have, you know, if you have two people in the room, three people in the room, you have three nervous systems that are wired completely differently. So like everybody's job is to take care of themselves, but also what do I need to do to take care of myself so that I can, in this work context, show up um, and still be relational with these other humans that I'm with. And that, that takes mastery. I mean, that's not something you can learn and, you know, overnight or, you know, with a you know, free course or $30 course or something. I mean, it is, it's, it's kind of the work of a lifetime in many ways. Yeah. Who am I and, and how, how am I in these situations that are relational, you know, right. it's work situations, it's, but then you go home, right. And right. You, you have a partner or kids or 
friends and you know as humans we are relational so well that's well said and um yeah I love that uh which kind of makes me think how has your work changed as a result of the pandemic and if so how um and what I where I'm going with this is uh you know many of us have been preaching servant leadership for a long time and I think finally you know leaders are getting leaders are going to have to be more compassionate, caring, and understanding. And I think employees have some have more power than they've had in the past. I mean, how has your work changed because of the pandemic? Well, I think one of the biggest things that was highlighted once we were all forced to working together via Zoom yeah. is how do we do this when we're not like when we're not in the office together? Um and for some people, that's hard. Mm -hmm. For other folks and other organizations, it was an easy switch. Um, I, for one, am one of those people who don't need to be able to smell my colleagues in order to work well with them, you know? And But some people need the human-to-human -human space. And I don't know if it's an introvert-extrovert ex split, I'm not, you know, but I think there's a lot of factors that, that go into that. And so... One of the things that I think we really found company-wide was as it relates to our clients, our clients were really wondering how, how do we do this remote work thing well? How do I, how do we make sure people are engaged? How do I stay connected to my people? How do I um, manage people that I'm that I can't see, you know? Um and for for me, and I think a lot of my colleagues, you know, our, our advice or lines of thinking there were really similar, you know, because I can connect with you um, just as well over Zoom as, you know, we could in person. We can't, you know, maybe go for a walk together, but, you know, I can be empathetic. I can be present. I can um really hone my listening skills. I can learn how to ask some really good questions and and not be purely transactional when it comes to work. I can really create a space that is uh, in, in many ways relationship before task. How do we make sure that we are each individually okay on both sides of, of our Zoom screens? And so that we can then tend to whatever the working agenda is um, in a much more clear and easy way. Because work flows better when the individual nervous systems that are in the room are, they feel safe, they feel you know relaxed or safe enough to relax, right? When they're at ease, when those nervous systems are at ease, when we are at ease, it's easier to work together. Mm -hmm. um, and if there's any sense of threat it just makes the transactional parts of getting something done so much more challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, because again, I think leaders, uh, I think the pandemic got many leaders attention that they're gonna, you know, I, I write a lot about talk, the soft skills and how the soft skills are the hard skills and how leaders, it really is important. I mean, people are very fragile. Now, I think, and I think we have to really remember that and take that into consideration. Uh, leaders themselves are fragile, you know, so I think, 
that's really important to remember. And so um, I love how you're talking about the nervous systems. And um, well, I wanted to go back to Sherry's book just because how would you summarize leadership in the art of growing up? How would you summarize it? I mean, what does that really mean to you? Um, you know, I read the book, I know what it means, or I have an interpretation, but what, uh, what, what should my listeners know about leadership in the art of growing up? Or how do you incorporate uh, those themes into your work or, yeah. yeah. It's, um, you know, it's a really uh, interesting book, but it's wonderful, I think, for anyone who has a job or is leading a company. Um, and I have to say the people that have resonated with the book are um, 20-somethings all the way to people who are like 85 and will come up to Jerry, you know, at, before a reading and be like, your story is my story. So the book has resonance that, again, is like far and wide, uh, well beyond just like a CEO leading a tech company. Um, in fact, there's probably a larger majority of um folks that aren't that demographic. Um, but the book itself reads a lot like a coaching session, which was which was intentional. Um, and it kind of walks the reader through um, some important questions that kind of get you thinking, like, how did I end up here? Like, what are the little, the, what's the baggage I'm carrying? What are the belief systems that that are still in my backpack and operating for me to this day that maybe I need to look at, reevaluate, update, and, and create something that is much more resident with who I am now? Mm -hmm. uh, I would say a large, a large theme in the book is, you know, how does someone do the necessary work to the inner work, right? What Jerry calls the radical self-inquiry to learn about themselves um, and kind of their beliefs in a way that uh, let's, I guess, really creates more choice in their, their current iteration of life. Um, because so often just uh, throughout you know, our development as humans, we arrive at a chronological age and um, until there's a crisis of some sort, midlife or other, um, you know, we don't really look at, oh my gosh, who am I? What's important to me? And what is the life that I want to live? Mm -hmm. um, we end up living out or being driven by all these other forces early on in our life. And without consciously looking at those things, we arrive at a place where we're like, who am I? What is this? And how did I get here? Um, so there's a, there's a wish, I think, for folks to come more into, you know, congruence with themselves and their, in their inner and outer lives, right? So that their inner life matches their outer life. Well, that's um, great. And that's a perfect uh, kind of lead in because uh, my book on breadcrumb legacy is very similar. You know, I often say, when do we leave our legacy? And people say, when we leave, we leave the earth, we leave a job, we leave a career. And I say, what about when we leave this conversation? And because we don't know when the end is. And right. so it's really for people at all ages. So I'd like to ask uh, my guests, 
How would you define legacy? And can you think of a legacy story? Oh, wow. That <laughs> um, this is, you know, uh, but it's something I'm passionate about. And I love to hear what people, I learn from everybody. Yeah. You know, what, what comes to mind is, um, is this quote from Jim Henson, actually. Um, and I'm a huge fan of his and, and all of his work. Uh-huh. But in his, uh, I believe, autobiography, um, I've read this like many, many, many decades ago at this point. But, um, you know, he said, I think it was his eulogy, actually. He just said, I want to leave the world a little better than when I found it. Uh -huh. And when I hear the word legacy, that's what comes to mind for me. Um, you know, how how do you endeavor to not just do good work in the world that has an impact, but I mean, how do you become so much more of who you are and who you're supposed to be in the most authentic way of just belonging to yourself that you become interaction by interaction uh email by email blog post by blog post from uh, from by crumb from by crumb yeah just a um a presence that makes a difference um I mean I, I feel like on a granular level that's that's what builds a life mm -hmm. well lived yeah that's that's wonderful. Um, so when you're talking about Jim Henson, you're talking about the Muppets. I am, yes. <laughs> I, have a, I have a great story. <laughs> so I too am a Muppet fan, okay? And Kermit was always one of my favorites. And so Jim Henson died and I wanted a Kermit doll and I, I just couldn't find him at that time. And so I make my holiday cards and I've been doing that for decades. And they're always, I say ornaments, but my Jewish friends hang them on light bulbs or hang them on doorknobs. Um, so uh, I dedicated my holiday card to Jim Henson and I carved out a Kermit. And then my favorite Christmas album is John Denver and the Muppets. <laughs> And so on the back, then I have one of Jim, the songs that Kermit sings. So I sent Jim Henson Productions a holiday card and they sent me back. And I said, I was trying to find a Kermit doll and, you know, and they sent me back a, a Kermit doll with a note saying that they made sure that uh, they were very appreciative of the note. And I just said how the world has lost a genius and, you know, uh, so so I really do get caught up in these things. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I just love uh, Kermit's. Uh, and uh, if you don't, you need to download, if you don't have John Denver and the Muppets, you have to get that, Allie. Okay. <laughs> um, well, that's, uh, that's a great, I love that. Well, I always ask my interviewees, what else should my listeners know that I didn't ask? What other words of wisdom do you want to share? Uh about anything, it could, you know, I mean, this is about wisdom. So uh, whatever you wanna share. Um, uh, 
uh, I, I'm like kind of stuck in Muppet land right now. And I'm just, yeah. hearing, I'm just hearing Kermit say from the Muppet movie, you know, some things are better the more people you share them with, um, which I think is another really great um, motto for life, you know, in yeah. um, just a real genuine way. Um, but I, I, I think like the, the core piece that I, I, I would really, that I think I always, that the big wish I have for people, I'll say it like that, is that they really begin to trust who they are and their own way of being in the world um, and their own innate wisdom and their own um, innate knowing. Um, and I know that that is a lifelong process, but it is far and away, I think, the one of the best things that any human can endeavor upon. Um, and the results of that are, um, in many ways, a, a life worth living. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's wonderful. Um, and as I said, you know, I love, I love your content. I love the poems. I love the stories that you share. And um, I find it all very moving. So, well, I learned a lot, Allie. And you know, my focus in this series is to help people make the rest of life the best of life. So may the rest be the best for you. Oh, thank you, Dr. Jan. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Oh, yeah, you're so welcome. Okay. So, Allie, thank you. I will, when I go to post this, it'll be a few months because um, I'm I'm scheduled out. But when I post this, I'll send you everything. You can push it out and once again, I'm just so honored because it's just so interesting. I'll be reading the newsletter and not knowing who wrote it, you know, because I know you have different people write. And then I'm like, well, this one really resonates with me. And then when I get to the bottom, it's like, it's Allie, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I know you. And the other thing that, you know, we didn't have time to get into, and that could be a whole nother conversation, but I wasn't surprised at all to read in your bio about your religious background. Because, mm. um, so, you know, I'm certified as a saging leader through Saging International, and that's just kind of a fancy title for positive aging, but it's a very spiritually based program, mm -hmm. you know, and so um, much of that, I think that's why your writing resonates with me, because I hear that coming through, you know, and, um, and that's important, you know, um, whether you're talking integrity or um, it's just really important. Um, so anyway. Yeah. You know, it's, that's really awesome. Yeah. So thank you very much. So um, I'll be in touch and I'll send it, send you the stuff when I, when I get ready. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Thank you very much. Oh, yeah, thank you so much. did you send me your address? I send cards. Oh, I didn't. I'll, I'll do that. And okay. yeah. Send it to you me and I'll. You don't have to draw Kermit, but if you do, bonus points, huh? <laughs> I, I might be able to find an old Kermit card. Oh, would, no way. Would you like that? Oh, my God. That'd be so fun. Okay. Okay. I think I can. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> All right. I'll be in your inbox. Thank you.